Hey everybody, we are Martin, Robert, and Francis, and this is Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready, we're about to live in your head, rent-free. Hey everybody, welcome back to Snakes and Otters. This is episode 73. I am Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. So this is, uh, listeners, of course, the third week of the month. That means Our Heroes. Yeah. And we're going to do this Our Heroes a touch differently. Yeah. Uh, this is not really going to be about a specific single influential hero on a big scale. This is going to be kind of that small scale, very personal set of heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, great teachers we have known. Those those great educators that have influenced us. And I think we've got quite a bit of ground to cover. Oh, oh absolutely. Because yes. um, some of these we're going to share, and then some of these are going to be unique to each of the three of us, so I think we've got some good stuff here. Mm-hmm. So I guess the place to start, if uh, you guys will permit me, is of course the biggie, the headliner. That's correct. The Mount Rushmore, um, the person who should have a statue on campus, yeah. and that is Dr. Margaret Mahoney. That's right. Maybe. Amen, amen. A amen. professor of English. Uh, English. History. History. Yes. God, what am I doing? Uh, He's so in awe. By too the much. Of her. Too much bourbon yes. uh, already. Um, professor of history at Bellarmine College and University, as it's now known. But uh, she was the first woman faculty member, beginning in was it 1958? Fifty. No. Two. No. Yeah. It's it's uh. uh Yes, it was ni- actually ni- in September '58 when she came to Louisville. Oh, yes. okay, okay. Yeah, she graduated in '53. Uh, she's from Great Falls, Montana, of all things, way away from us. And she was. This is in a day and age where you know, at a Catholic college in the 1950s in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, it's all men. That's just what you do. <laughs> Very it was, much. It all was. Men. It was not a seminary, but it was. It was. Uh, it was for lay people, but. Uh, she was in many well, respects, it's founded as an all-male college. Correct. It's not co-ed until 1960 with the merger with Ursuline College. That's exactly right. So she predates the merger. Right. Actually, wasn't the merger later than 1960? No, I think the merger's in 1960. Yeah. I thought it was later in the 60s, but all right, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, and she was the only woman on the faculty for the next five years. Uh, and so she she served. I mean, she passed. She she retired in 2013. Passed away in 2018. And all three of us had her. Uh, we were discussing in the show prep. We you two had the same classes with her. I had a different set of classes with her. But it's all history, yeah. right? And uh, she was just a phenom. She was twice voted by the students as their favorite teacher, which I think the fix had to be in somewhere else again because. If you did it right, she should probably win every year. <laughs> you win every she year. taught everybody. Everybody that went through those doors, because, uh, yes, history is a requirement. You had to have two semesters, you know, six hours of it. So uh, she was the history department. She was also head of what's known as the Cardinal Section, which is for the advanced folks. You know, uh, the honors. The honors, the honors program. That's, I was part of the honors program, the yes, Cardinal Section back Robert in the day. and I were the great unwashed that were <laughs> not part of that uh i think that i think we was robbed but personally because we no. was we was pretty intellectually astute but that's being what it is uh she we were was, too busy being jocks yeah right. <laughs> yeah right if you believe that one yes they, yeah i don't think yes, so they were they were part of the jacks team i think it was uh, <laughs> right? uh, yes. chess team thank you very much yeah yes, well, i always right. like to say that i wasn't even uh I didn't even have enough athletic ability to be on the Dungeons and Dragons team. So. <laughs> yes. I was the theater jock. 
There you go. Oh yes, yes. But she was, she was amazing. She, uh, we, we all took her. She took. She did every single piece from memory. Yes, every no, lecture. Every lecture. No notes. She wrote the notes on a transparency that was projected onto the uh, screen behind her. Now that is woefully low tech. Uh, for those of us who went through the 80s, that was kind of what you did. Yes, overhead uh, projector. Exactly. Uh, and I, I, I was commenting earlier when we were doing a show prep that I'd love to have had those handwritten notes that she did. Because yes. she wrote everything via hand uh, that's projected up on there. And she just talked. And she made history come alive. She so knew her craft. Which we, you know, here at Snakes and Otters, we love people that knew their craft. That, that appreciate their and, craft. And she was so understood it. For her, it was about the dates and events because you kind of have to be with history, but it's more about the motivations and the undercurrents and the movements that are going on, both personality-wise and globally, that mm-hmm. happen at any given time. Yeah, she was very good at tying in the movements, mm-hmm. uh, getting you to understand that there's an intellectual current going on through all of this. And she also was great at getting you to understand that things didn't happen in vacuums. Yes. yes. yes she can, contextualized things yes. so well. Her famous word of, meanwhile. That's right. Yes, we all so heard it many times. When she would finish lecturing about something, and she would say, meanwhile, and she would pull that transparency roll a little farther yep. and keep writing with that transparency pen mm-hmm. and discuss something else that was going on at the same time. Right. Flawlessly, flawlessly. Yes. She was not a performer. She was just good at what she did. No, in some ways, what she did was kind of dry, but yet it was still fascinating. Alive. She brought something that, you're right, for those people who do not love history, and yes, I have a hard time understanding those who don't, but I know they're out there. She was able to take something that would have bored many people and made it alive. You could mm-hmm. not help but be enraptured by her. Well, it, it certainly was not boring in this sense because you had to stay awake because you had to try and keep up with her. Oh, that's you true. Keep up. That's right. And everything came from the notes. Yes. Yes. Everything came. You better take good notes because that's what the tests were from. That's right. But and to there be were honest, no participation grades back no then. Boys sir, and girls. That's right. No, and you did not really need to buy the book. You could. I wish people had told me that before because, you know, back then, even a you know, $30 book, that's like a $70 book now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which still would have been cheap. But, yeah, you know, the books were just superfluous for yeah, her. Exactly. All you had to do was keep up with her. If you could keep up with her, <laughs> everything is on the test that's going to be what she's written. Yeah. You know, you don't have to. She's not adding in commentary that is critical that's not in the notes. You know, that, was, that would have kind of been a disservice. She wasn't like that at all. Everything was synchronized perfectly uh, because she wants you to succeed, yeah. as all good teachers should. Yes. And as we said, listeners, yes, she showed up on campus in 1958. And didn't leave until 2013. That's right. So when we had her, she'd already been on campus more than 25 years. She was also one of the first people on campus every morning. She never, ever, ever missed class. Yeah. Ever. In all those years. All did those not years. miss a class. Had knee replacements and still didn't miss class. That's right. Yeah. She was just fun to sit there and listen to. I would have loved, as we had gotten older, to say, Dr. Mahoney, why don't the three of us and you go to dinner, drinks, 
and listen to you talk. <laughs> she would have been great. She would have been a great. History episode. She would have. Yeah, it would have been, been awesome to have. Of course, we just this. sat here and listened to her. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the problem is yeah. she would have put us to shame pretty quickly, though. I'm yeah. not sure well, if our true. little egos could handle that. That's why we would have sat here and just listened to her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe now we would have come to the point where we have would have gotten interesting, perhaps. But it took yeah. us a long time to get there. I think. But we, if we had started this earlier, she would have definitely been a candidate for first guest. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you're absolutely, absolutely. Right. It is a shame that she has passed away because she can no longer be a guest. Well, that's right. In many respects, now our love of history for each of us predates her, but she, I think, coalesced that well. Yeah. Uh, she had the ability to make this something that's more than just a passing. Yeah, dabble. It's, yeah, it's yeah. become part of who we are, and we, in many respects, have her to thank for that. Yeah. So one time, uh, Emma, my uh, oldest—I know we don't always like to use real names, but that's all right. She won't care, and I don't care either, because you can't figure out who I am from all the other things we say. Then you're not paying attention. Um, but anyways, she was at this academic thing uh, in high school that was at Bellarmine, and so I was taking her around. And it was in Pasture Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I think it was in the new part of Pasture Hall. Uh, yes. The new the edition. Health Sciences Inn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and where I had her. So yeah. I... Uh, no, no, no. You didn't because that building is new. I'm not the new side. Yeah, yeah. The old side. Yeah, well, we all had her in the small science theater. Well, didn't recognize that. I guess that's where I was yes. trying to go. Did we all have her in the same room? Yes, that yes. was her classroom. Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody else used it. That really? Small theater. Well, no, I hall. had... Um, I think one of my biology classes was in there. Oh, okay. interesting. I had one, because I think I had two, because you had to have two sciences, and I think I did biology. And one was in the large science theater, which was literally a theater. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, as well as uh, one in, in small science theater. But anyways. Yeah, sorry, didn't so, interrupt. Taking uh, Emma around, showing her some of the places in the building, you know, the, well, this is where I had, you know, poked my head, you know, this is where I had uh, class. But as we're walking past upstairs... I just happened to glance up at one of the doors as we're passing, and it was her office. Oh, yeah. And at the time, you know, this would have been 2011, 2012. And I had no idea she was still teaching back then. Because, I mean, it was right at the tail end, but I still had no idea that she was still active Second on floor, campus. past your hall. Second floor, past your hall. Her office was in the same place. Yes. Like all that time. Yeah, and it just blew me away. And so I, you know, I probably spent 20 minutes talking about her, just like we're doing now. <laughs> but you didn't encounter her. But no, unfortunately, it was in the evening. I did not encounter her. I would yeah, have loved to have encountered her. I would have loved to have done the same thing. And yes. she, I wish she had, I wish she were still around because we could, somebody could send her this and say, you really made a difference for at least three guys that walked through those halls. And I think we are in uh, exemplary of thousands yeah. who went through there. And I think remember she knew her that. Otherwise, she wouldn't have done it for so long. Well, that's right. true. That's true. But, you know, you want to give back. You want to give back to those who formed you. That's kind of what this episode is all about, is so many times teachers who form young people never get to know just exactly how they affected the future. And I think at some level, you're right, they do know. Probably at the university they, level, you They get need better... to hear that. They mm. really need to yeah. hear that. Those of, those, and, you know, those of us who... Who work in edu- who work in education, or who understand education, or who have selves have gone through it, or our children have gone through it. You cannot overappreciate a teacher, and of course they're like anyone else. You know there are the good, the bad, and the not so great. But yep. when they're really great, and yep. so many of them are, yep. it's magical. Well, and you know we we 
several weeks ago published an episode that featured Bjorn, who right now is at Bellarmine. Is That's at right. Bellarmine. That's right. Uh, he mentioned Dr. Choi, who's uh-huh. had a profound impact on him already. Right. Uh, I have to say, though, he, of course, does not get to have Dr. Mahoney for history. He's been disappointed in his history, Professor. <clears throat> I won't mention. Um, well, you know, standing in the shadow of greatness is often hard is difficult, to measure up. Yes, of course, yes. But uh, but he but we, there are other teachers though that we've all had. And is it Dr. Ali that was still there? Yes, Dr. Muzaffar Ali. Yes, he is still there. And still there as part of the comp side department. Yes. Now I did not have him as a teacher. I did not either. Of course, oh, we I had him several times. Well, but, I mean, but I worked in the computer labs, which is where we got back together. But to, be, but to be honest. Bellarmine, and when we went through it, was not that large. You know the names of everybody else. You've seen every other faculty member. You may not have had them, but you're familiar with them. And if you don't know them, one of your friends does. And Dr. Fenton. I was just going to say, Fenton was my calculus teacher. Yes. And And I knew you had him. And he was Bjorn's calculus teacher last year. No kidding. So Dr. Fenton is also still on campus. Wow. Isn't that great? That's yeah. fantastic. And he loved Dr. Fenton. Yeah. He was pretty good. I don't remember a whole lot about the class other than I was after taking it because it was more my pride taking it than anything else because I didn't need calculus. I was an art and business major and at the time it was just art. And I remember asking, what are you doing taking this class? Uh, because I've already taken lower level class. You know, so calculus would be the next step. Mm-hmm. And I should have just, you know, that was just dumb. Yeah, but, I was going to say, I, I, well, I'm surprised you ended having to do it because I had I didn't cal- have to. I was going to say, because I had calculus built into business math. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Leahy was very good, very good that I had it. But it was a business-oriented class that just happened to incorporate a lot of that stuff yeah. with it. Yeah. That's a, but, oh, yeah, I remember him asking that. And he, it seems like he was a uh, taller, uh, thinner guy, if I remember tall, right. Tall, thin, no. and blonde. And blonde, yes, yes. yes. Kind of soft-spoken. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know who else is still there? Uh, at least I think she's still there. I think she might be one of those uh, uh, emeritus kind of positions. Gail Henson. In the uh, English and Communications Department, I never had her, but I knew of her. Of course, okay. yes, yeah, okay. she was. Uh, she was very, uh, very well known on campus. Uh, yep. Of course, another one that we all three had uh, was Bernie Thiemann. Yes, yes, yes. That was great, good. Bernie Thiemann. Yeah, in in, in economics, from, from I had him twice. Uh, I had him for macroeconomics in a summer session. It was me and two other young ladies, just the three of us. That's the first time I'd had him. And he was... I so want to make a comment right now, but it would be inappropriate. It was amazingly good to have him, the brilliance of the man, who could make something as complex and, in many respects, hard to understand for many people, to take that concept and distill that down into a point where I ended up minor in economics. He was very Most entertaining. Most because of his... Of his class. He was very entertaining, uh, could make it uh, easily understood, and he was a very popular teacher. Oh, he was? He was very popular. He did one thing every class, and he and this just goes to show his, his brilliance, because he didn't want people to take his class and come out any stupider than that, you know, less, <laughs> it, more, any, or ignorant, because ignorant can be, ignorance can be cured, stupidity is, is fatal. Yeah. Um, but he didn't want people to leave class without having learned something and, and, you know, thought for themselves. So what he would do, and this is aimed at the, the girls in the class. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Back this. then, you know, the very common thing was the MRS degree, uh, even in a place like Bellarmine that was very expensive. Yes. The, the ladies were only on campus to look for a husband. Yes. 
And so what he would do is he would stand at the blackboard with chalk. Yes, blackboard and chalk. Look it up. Yeah. And he would draw two squares on the the blackboard. And then he'd draw this these two lines like a path between them. And that's what it was meant to be. Label one bedroom and the other one kitchen. And the first time you see this, you, it's like, you think, what the hell is what, what's going this? on? And he turns around and says, now, ladies, if you can master either one of these rooms, you'll be a success in life. <laughs> oh, my God, the uproar oh, yes, that ensued. Yes, yes, the winds that blew, yes. which is exactly what he wanted. Yes. Exactly. Because he, he wanted he, to outrage them. Because he wanted them to realize they could be more. Right. And now probably, you know, our time in college was the tail end of the MRS degree as a profession. Yes. Yeah. It and would have been the, it, people, would, people don't have, uh, would, that would be considered insensitive today, but he, he did it for a point. He explains this afterwards. He said, yes. I, I deliberately say that because I want to provoke a reaction out of you. Uh, because I want you to realize you can be better than this. Right. Uh, don't, he did that every don't, class. That's right. Don't think that all you're doing is just walking through this place to get this little degree when you're finished and then that's it in life. Or whatever you're going to settle for, don't settle. Right. I never will forget that. Yeah. The second class I had with him, uh, he did that. I just sat back waiting because that was almost better than the first time because you, I knew what you knew was coming. You knew it was coming. coming. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but that was the hallmark of a Bellarmine teacher. I think they tended to gravitate towards teachers. They selected teachers who wanted you to think, That's right. who wanted you to be better. You weren't just somebody going in a diploma mill. That's the genius of a liberal arts education Amen. to begin with. Exactly but right. for all of the, you, the, Francis and I lament that Bellarmine is a school in the Catholic tradition, and I'm using the air quotes, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to still being a Catholic school. Right. Uh, I still wouldn't trade that that education for almost well, any other. Well, things were not political in the, when we went through there. Uh, there were some politics, but not like it is today. No, yeah, it, it's uh, there wasn't any of that. Uh, it was it was you are we want to educate you yeah. to be a well-rounded, critical thinker. That learns exactly what you need to learn and to think for yourself. And don't take things on face value. Don't have it spoon-fed to you. That's kind of the implication here. It's one of the reasons that we look at what goes on in the modern world we live in today with a bit of a skeptical eye. Because we recognize there's an attempt to shovel shit. Uh, and fill you with, with as much manure as you possibly can. That's not the way yeah. we, were we were trained. Yeah. And there's a common theme running through not just these two, but I'm, I'm sure in all the teachers we'll discuss, they are teachers that would challenge you. Yes. Correct. They Absolutely. were open to being challenged. Absolutely. There's no, there's no but, power uh, but they, dynamic there. Yeah, but it was not just... We weren't just picking out the teachers that were easy. Right. That's oh. not our favorite. Well, Bellarmine oh, yeah. didn't really have a whole lot of easy teachers. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, you worked for your grades. Yeah, you know, no matter what your talent level was. You know, yeah. there's some things you liked better than others, but you still had to you had to do the work. Yeah. But that, I think that's going to you know, show... This is, not, this is not just show up and get your grade. As, yeah. a, as a theme throughout, they, they're going to be the teachers who probably had the reputations being the hardest ones, though. Oh, but I would say so. Once you took the class and got past the reputation... You were like, oh, okay. I learned something yeah. today. Yes. Did either one of you have um, Ron Seitz for no. English? Would have been English 201, 202? No. 
Mm-hmm. I had Sister Clarita for English 201. Uh, it was very, very good. I had uh, Dr. Lyons. Oh, Dr. Yeah. Lyons. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I thought, did we all have her? I, I did not. I met her just a few years ago. Uh, she's retired now. And I actually I had that opportunity. Like I was trying to say, I wish I had with Maggie. I said, because we studied the Odyssey, and uh, this, was, this would have been English 201, I guess it was. And I said, you were formative to me, Doctor, because I learned literature. I took what I had learned in high school which I thought was a very great foundation. I'll get to that later on in the episode. And it made me an educated person that could appreciate the beauty of human language because of the way you presented these great things. Dr. Kathleen Lyons. She was involved in Carnal Section. Yes, she was. Yeah, no, I did not have... We knew all the faculty, at least on some level. If we know know the names, if nothing else. Uh, But yeah, she was was excellent. And uh, I hope she's doing well. uh, she would be somebody that uh, if we can't have Doctor Mahoney, we should have Doctor Lyons. Well, that's not a bad idea. That's not a bad well, idea. Well, you know, I'd I'd love to see Doctor Lyons. I'd love to see Father Kilcourse. Oh, um, I, I work with Father Kilcourse sometimes. Uh, um, that could I could probably arrange that one if we wanted to do that one. That would be a heavy theological. Father Kilcourse taught us. Uh, theology 101, which was called Ultimate Questions. Actually, that was 201. 201, that's right. It was it was the entry level, the beginning level. And it was um, Ultimate Questions was the thing. And I can't help but recognize the fact that that's what we're doing with this <laughs> right. podcast. I mean, for goodness sakes, Father Kilcourse probably deserves it. We don't have any money. We can't pay him for it. But he's the one that kind of laid down the, the foundations, as it were, for what we do here today. Yeah, you know. this discussion of eternal questions. That's Oh, he would probably not like having his class called Pointless Discussion. but No, because his, yeah. his was not. He was, his was very, but, very you good. know, so many people that I had for, for teachers that, you know, college is wasted on the young and the stupid. <laughs> and we were very much that, just like everybody yeah, else Yeah, I wish I had spent a little more time in the moment while I was at Bellarmine. Um I, I really do. I, I think I wasted opportunities. Four years went by so fast. I was there five, and I still uh, wasted yeah. opportunities. Yeah. Being the art and business major, was, it's almost it's almost impossible to get those both done in, in four years. Uh, and it's a good thing, because otherwise I wouldn't have met my wife. I'd have been gone. Well, there you go. Interesting. Um, you know, yes. Well, you know, there are no coincidences. You That's know, right. You know that. Yes. So, one more that I know for sure all three of us had, Father Hendrickson. Yes, for logic. For logic, I had him senior year. Did we? We all all had him at I the very end. It was the last. No, I had logic. Uh, I think. I think uh, my buddy and I did logic sophomore year. Really? I, it, it no, was, I don't think it was sophomore year because it was, it was after we had reconnected when I had him. Because you know we were in the orientation together, but didn't have any classes. Didn't have any classes early on. And no, not until not until after I was back in the computer science department. Yeah, uh, not back in it. But so it had to be junior year. Had to be junior, like year. first semester junior year. Yeah, because like was, I remember it being fall. It was yeah. one of the higher levels. It was my last semester there that I had. It was my last. You had to have three semesters of theology, three of philosophy, and this yes. was my last philosophy uh, that I had through him, and it was astounding. How good he was! Yeah, uh, I really. I mean, it went by so fast. Of course, you got a little bit of senioritis when it's your last yes. semester there. So I didn't. Pay, I did pay attention. I really did. I learned quite a bit from him. What you guys may not know, and I found this out, he passed away in. I think it was like thirteen or fourteen. I found out one week, maybe it was two weeks before he passed away. He was living about ten doors away from me. Up Edsel, where I was living at the time, on the house. Wow. 
He had moved in there. He was by himself. I think he was diabetic, or I know he had some health issues on that. And I had just found this out. I said, wow, my old professor, I need to go see him. He's a priest. I'm a deacon. I'm thinking, I'm going to let him know because he lives by himself. Father, if you ever need anything, I'm just at the end of the street. Here's my number. Call me. I can help you if you need me to go grab something for you, whatever. I had that in my mind, and he passed away barely a week later. Mm. Mm. Uh, I never got to go see him. I intended to. I wanted to. Because uh, I, I wanted to tell him, you know, you were formative to me. Uh, I, much of the good man yeah. and, the, and the educated man that I am yes. came from you. And the desire to examine things. Exactly. Is, that, is, it was from not, logic class. It was that, that class. That class taught me, all of us, more about how to think than so many others. Yeah. And granted, I got to say, I had the hardest time with all the different fallacies. Because he was really big on which fallacy is... This. Oh, yeah. It makes <laughs> and you I struggled with keeping sure. those straight. And you know, it ain't worth doing if it's if it's too easy, you know? it's, it's It yes. should be. He was a challenging professor. Well, no yes. so. and that's one it was one of the most challenging so classes I had. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a good thing I had him last because I was able to, I kind of had a general sense of how this was going to go. I'd already done two philosophies. So it was easier. I th- if I'd have had him in sophomore year, I'd have been sunk because I, I learned a lot those last those last two years. It really helped me a lot. Uh, he was fantastic. May he rest in peace to Fred Hendrickson. Well, let's take a pause then. And again, listeners, we have broken out the bullet. We are recording Studio M and we're working the bullet uh, bourbon. And again, I just it's good, clean, good, clean, good. Clean. It's, we got, it we is. got the soapstones uh, in here to kind of give it a, give it a chill without a dilution. Yeah. Very important. And it, um, you know, like I said, it stays on the tongue. It has the good spice and cedar uh, flavor to it that really stays on the tongue and that burn kind of is right up here in the mouth and the throat. Mm. Well, that's right. Well, we need to raise this glass to all those that we're talking about here. To all those teachers. Dr. Mahoney, uh, Father Henriksen, Dr. Thiemann, Thiemann, Dr. Lyons, Lyons, Mm -hmm. uh, Gail Henson. Gail Henson, yeah. um, I'll throw in Dr. Tom Greenfield that I had for English. Oh, yes, Dr. Greenfield. Oh, yes, fantastic guy. I never had Fantastic guy. I I encountered him a few times. I liked him very well, but no, I never had him. And Dr. Haney. Yes, yes. Art history. You Haney. Both you folks had him. Yes, Yes. I had him for painting. And you can talk about somebody who I should have not been interested in because, again, my major was computer science. (laughs) (laughs) But profoundly affecting teacher. Yeah. In a new way to think about art and how to criticize it yes he was i don't like that it's you got why is this not appealing yeah he was great at challenging you uh i remember uh in class he was great at challenging you not just uh what you were doing content but how to do things you know to stretch yourself in your craft because he's he's one of those one of those teachers that if you mention him on campus they're like oh why are you taking him that's the hardest one yep but it was great it yep. was great. Well, yep, very much exa- so. You're, you're exactly right. Well, we didn't men- one of the guys we didn't mention that you didn't have, but we had for economics was John J. Bethune. Yep. Fantastic. I had him for microeconomics. Yes. I had him the second summer session. He shows up. He spends the whole thing. He just got back from, I think it was Bermuda or somewhere, and he spends the whole, you know, the whole, what, five or six weeks. He's wearing shorts and T-shirt every day. Yep, good for him. And he, yeah, he, he was just he laid back. But you yes. know, he was brilliant. God, he was brilliant. He was very brilliant. And I had him that coming fall for money and banking. Of course, he was all buttoned up. It was very different. But I'm thinking, wow, this guy, I'm not sure whatever happened to him. He's a young guy, so I'm sure he's teaching out there somewhere. He's not a Bellarmine that I'm aware of. 
but uh, he did a really great job. Uh, he went to Tennessee. Okay, well, I think it was Vanderbilt, maybe. Uh, well, good for him. Uh, he, uh, whoever is being taught by him, uh, you're learning a lot. He, yeah. He's definitely one of the very best. So uh, let's let's switch gears. We've saluted Bellerman here, but I know we wanted to go beyond that because, of course, that's there's people that take root in you. Well, that's right. Before that's then. our common experience, but we each bring individual experiences. Yes. So I wanted Robert to go first here. Because he has a very good story about a high school teacher. <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, when I was in high school, I come from a very, very poor um, family background. Uh, my, my parents, we lived, uh, you know, paycheck to paycheck would have been a step up most of the time. And You're a blue collar fella. Absolutely. Definitely blue collar. Well, certainly my blue, family. Blue collar and redneck. Blue collar. Well, yeah. My parents are both from eastern Kentucky. Uh, my dad and is, when you say redneck, we mean that because I think there's two supposed origins to that phrase. It's you're working outside all the time, and the neck gets sunburned. Yep. Or working outside and you're sweating a lot, and the early bandanas, the dye would run out of them yep. when you sweat, and the, the dye from the bandana was red, and it would be on your neck. Right. So, you know, my parents are from Eastern Kentucky. My mom is from uh, Pike County, which is as east as you can go in Kentucky. Yeah. And my dad is just from a couple of counties to the uh, west of that. Appalachia. Yeah, from the Appalachians, yes. Yeah. Uh, some of the be- most beautiful part of the country, in my opinion. And so, you know, they're both from very poor roots, too. Mm. And they met in Michigan, which is where I was born, along with my uh, brother and sister. So... Coming from that background, nobody in my family had ever gone to college. So this is not part of my family experience either. And, yeah, I was most certainly smart enough to go to college. Uh, most definitely. Well, the proof is in the pudding, but yes. And yet I didn't think I was going to, going to be able to. Because, you know, I didn't have any experience of how it worked, of even how student aid worked. No. So this is all, you know, to me I'm thinking I'm going to end up you know, in a freaking factory job or something uh, out of high school. And so I had a teacher who was the uh, theater teacher, also taught AP English. Mm-hmm. And she's another one that challenged you, very much so. And isn't that interesting that all the teachers we talk about, they're the ones who <laughs> challenged us. That's correct. Because they made us better. That's right. But All the she, ones that had the rep for being the hardest. Yep. She, her name was Diana Rose, Mrs. Rose. And she encouraged me to apply and apply for financial aid because I didn't think, you know, figured it was all merit-based, I guess. I don't remember. But ended up getting enough financial aid to go to Bellarmine. Mm-hmm. And the re- how I ended up in Bellarmine was the guy who was the one of the recruiters was from Michigan. So he sees this application come through. He's like, oh, I'm going to go see him when I'm home. So got that personal touch and go. ended up here. And how I ended up choosing to apply to Bellarmine was I, probably, I knew I wanted a small school, so I figured it was going to be private. So it didn't matter if I went in-state or out-of-state. Yeah. This is going to be expensive. And so I uh, have an aunt and uncle who lived here at the time. They've both unfortunately passed and stayed with them during summers and what have you and applied to Bellarmine because I could live with them. Yep. That's how I ended up here. So it all started, though, with her encouraging me to apply. Now, she was also, an you know, did theater with her, did AP English all of that. So academically, she was an influence, but she was also one of those people who, who pushed you to do better. And if she had not encouraged me to apply, I would not be sitting. There would be no snakes and otters. 
Oh, my goodness. I would not be sitting here. I would not be married to my wife. I wouldn't have my three beautiful children. I would not even be... Well, I could be Catholic. Who knows? Who knows? Well, some things I think but are inevitable. Like our this. lives would be emptier. Amen to that. I, well, all the way around. Amen to that. All the way around. It, exactly just right. I say the same thing. Yes. All of our lives would be profoundly different. You know? Yeah. And, and listeners, I hope that that comes through how much this means... I mean, I can only speak for what it means to me. Um, it is it is my action. It is that way of being in the arena for me. We talked about that many times in our Code of Honor episodes about being in the arena. And this Well, is... we owe a lot to you for making this happen because, like we've said many times, we've sat around and talked for years saying, man, we ought to write this down. <laughs> we ought to record this somehow. We even talked at a radio show back when there was such a thing as doing radio shows. And all of a sudden, the concept of podcasts come up and you say... Why don't we do that? And then all of a sudden it's, well, okay, why don't we do that? Yeah. And here we are, you know, 70-some-odd episodes into this. Uh, we're one of the few podcasts that publishes every week, new content every week. Yep. No yes. seasons here. No seasons. We, we still do this. And, uh, and with no end in sight, we've got the entire next year and a half planned, listeners. So <laughs> we got this. And Yeah, it, sometimes I think we need to go more than once a week just to get to some of the stuff we have planned. I know. Because, <laughs> yeah, because I can't wait. Some of the stuff we've got planned later in the year, I said, man, when are we going to get to that? Because I yeah. want to do that. Because yeah. we'll... Every every single th- topic we choose don't came rush from, the moments though came from one of us. That's correct. Yeah, you know, that's very true. Don't that's rush right. the moments. One though. of us kind of said, "I want to do this," and the other two say, well, "Of course, let's do that." And that's just how we do. But that's, that's fantastic. So, her pushing me to, to do that definitely changed my life. Um, there were times she got on my nerves, hated her. Really? Oh yeah, because she could be unforgiving at times oh yeah you know yes. she, she was a hard teacher well, but great, yeah. like I said you know she held she held you to a higher standard now the interesting thing is I knew her husband before I knew her <laughs> because we lived in a town called Whitmore Lake prior to living in Brighton which is where I went to high school Brighton High School which is where she taught her husband was the store manager of a little locally owned grocery store called Polymarket, which is still there in Whitmore Lake. <laughs> and so, you know, I knew him because he managed the place. You know, my mom knew who he was and, you know, I was like, your husband's Chuck? Wow. Uh, you know, and she was, you know, now after high school, I had I visited, went back a couple times, visited her, you know, and she was always pleased to see me, which is great because, you know, I saw that she had people who came back and visited her during the school year. That's a, that's a mark of a, of a amazing teacher yes and you know i came back because i realized after i was there after i'd gone to about you know a few years after i was like yeah i probably I, I would not be here without her that amazing it's interesting you say that because my drama teacher speech and drama teacher was the same one for me in high school he has since passed away only a few years ago by suicide unfortunately uh i texted a, a friend and classmate of mine it's kind of like i think about him and i think of robin williams the same way because they were both amazing talents mm-hmm. uh and uh my friend uh texted me back he says you know sometimes the greatest talents among us are also the most tortured oh yes something we did not recognize because he was vivacious loud uh amazingly powerful force you know he was the one that everybody you could hear his laughter down the hallway mm-hmm. uh he was the one he had on he had on his desk uh, ralph carter leisure was his name he taught me junior uh, american literature he was also speech and drama in in senior year he taught me how to speak 
uh, in many ways. Uh, that time, uh, because I Too was... Too bad it wasn't the right way. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, in, uh, it, well, in many ways, that's exactly it, because so much of what I do today is based on my own speech and my own speaking ability. I learned that through him on stage. Yes. You know, doing theater mm-hmm. that's right. was essential for me because... I didn't have the happiest of childhood, partially because I didn't have the happiest relationship with my fellow students for various reasons. I would be in the same thing, yes. So, you know, not being the most popular kid in in school prior to college uh, makes college seem like such a breath of fresh air because you start over from scratch. That's right. And it's amazing the difference between high school and college because all of a sudden you don't look at things in the same way. And maybe it's just because you have the, the old guys I mean, who are older. And yeah, there's you, a couple of things. You're not in that. You're, you're not, not in the same clicks. Compression. Yes. Like you would be in high school. You're not on on that campus surrounded by everybody. I mean, I've I've often likened high school, especially Buren's high school, to prison. Yes. Uh, as great as Buren's high school was. I mean, you're, it's the same dynamic. You're mixing 1,800 people in together, and you can't separate them. Right. right. So it's just and like being very, in the very, yard. Very, very different. That's yeah. correct. And yeah. with all the brokenness that sometimes comes with that. So yes, by the time you get to college, you both have at least a similar purpose for being there. Right. And there is there is some filtering that, that has gone on to get you there. Yes. So, yeah, that, that that's very true, but... You the, non, the non-serious have been uh, washed out. Right. I mean, there still are the the, the clicks. You, know, you still have your jocks and what, but that doesn't matter as much. Yeah, it's easier. There's not to get that away. jockeying for position in the same way. There still is, but it's not the same. But still, theater. Um, you know, for that background, the fact that two out of the three of us are professional speakers, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least once a well, at least once a month for several times a month. Yes. But yeah, we're regularly. Uh, plus, we do the podcast. You know, we're not afraid to put ourselves out there in front of people. And I'm the only one of the IT staff in, in my work that's really willing to do training with the uh, operational staff. Oh wow! Because okay. you have the skills that, um, to do so. Yeah, then you did a little bit of theater. I directed you. Yes, yes. He's he's a he's a polymath. Uh, Robert is. I like to you know. I, it's either that or just I can't decide. I can't make up my mind. <laughs> Actor, director, writer. That's right. Producer. Mm-hmm. I did produce one. I did. Uh, well, I directed and sort of produced the uh, the opera that the music department did, which was kind of harrowing in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell do I have doing any business doing opera? Well, yeah, you're willing uh, to do it. That's well, pretty much. That's yeah. pretty much the way these yeah. things. Well, I had already directed um, one thing for them, and. Couple of things for the you know the just regular theater, so yeah, I ended up doing the um, the opera, which was kind of like, all right, this is what the script says to do. You do it, okay, and I'll you tell me if it's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, putting putting ourselves out there, uh, and you know, part again, part of that is that liberal arts education, well, but that's, that's, that's also great. having the teachers who who are willing to that would they could tease that out of you yeah. more than they saw in me the ability to do that that I only embryonically understood myself that is the thing that's Sorry. what makes a good teacher yeah somebody who sees something in you that you don't even know is there yet yeah it's and consistent is willing to work with, with you, you to bring it out yeah but, but you don't even know you want it 
You don't know that you'd even be good at it. But they say, I know what you need to do. And, well, and students hunger for that, uh, especially in a high school where you don't have a clue. You, your entire future stands before you. And right or wrong, the decisions you make will affect you for the rest of your life. Yeah, high school Why is the, the worst world? time. Yeah. In my, people who say that high school is the best time of their lives, I pity. Yeah. Oh, well, Don Henley once said we spend the rest of our entire lives trying to get over high school. And Because as usual, in high school right. is 1,800 people all trying to be different in the same way. Yeah. I, I tease Bjorn with that all the time about uh, let's everybody get a tattoo so we can prove you're an individual like everyone else. Exactly. <laughs> That's you know, right, we're all individuals. individuals. Uh, that's a, I'm not. Oh, I'm not. That's right, Monty Python makes his appearance. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, that's... Uh, if you have a teacher that can help you figure out at least some of the individuality, mm-hmm. uh, I think college isn't always the place where that's going to, to flower, but it certainly helps. Because mm-hmm. honestly, I don't. I, not everybody should go to college. Well, that's correct. Those who go to college, that's a place, that's a good place to find it happen. Yeah. But there's a coming of age that happens, that must happen with all of us. And where we find that happening is u- each unique to it, us all. But there are certain obvious uh, oases along the way where it kind of has to happen. Your first job is one of those things that yeah. you have happen. If you're lucky, you will find somebody to mentor you in your first couple of jobs. Um, it probably is less, unfortunately, it's probably less likely to happen on the job than it is in it college. Is now. Uh, but we don't understand mentors any longer, unfortunately. Well, I'm not even just mentor in that sense. We're just somebody that is is you know acts in a similar role. It certainly doesn't have to be uh, formal, but you know to encourage you. And you don't know you don't always get that in college anymore either. Uh, certainly, if you I think if you go to the larger schools, it's a lot harder to find because they just don't have time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if you've got one professor who teaches you know five thousand uh, kids intro to to history. And he's got you know ten TAs teaching all of his classes. Well, you know you're gonna have a more you're gonna have more of a relationship with a TA who doesn't give a flying rat's ass about you either. Yeah. So the yeah. smaller schools I think are better for that because you get to develop that relationship. Well, yeah, because they're not as you as you so eloquently put, they're not diploma factories. Right. And, and we were blessed. We recognize not everyone was. Right. And not every big school will fail you in that sense. Right. Uh, but your odds are higher. Yeah. Often in, in your department, you have the opportunity. That's yes. right. Ultimately, that's where... But it, you're less likely to have someone outside of your department profound, profoundly affect you the way, say, Dr. Mahoney did for us. Well, yeah, right. because it's the liberal arts, again, that really worked in our favor for that. Because once you compartmentalize, you, you basically exclude everything else. Yeah. And that's a fallacy because, in, except in a liberal arts environment, we were well educated in all these other areas that were not our majors. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it, it's isn't it ironic that we go back to the stuff we rarely talk about our major stuff. <laughs> we talk about the other stuff. We talk about philosophy. Well, I don't want to do a podcast on IT. Well, I understand. I mean, so, that's, everybody that ground is covered. Well, well not only that. that. Well, yeah, but business the, administration. I don't. I don't even talk about that. Well, not only that, but for the IT. The stuff we well, granted, I, I didn't study IT in, in at Bellarmine. I only had the couple of required classes. Yeah, we but learned anything it on we ourselves. learned yeah. in IT or in IT classes at Bellarmine is so far behind the curve. Fortran. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Pascal. I mean, uh, they basic. taught assembly uh, classes there. You know, I mean, I would be willing to bet that 
it's very possible to get out of an IT, get an IT degree nowadays and not even know what an assembler class is. Yeah, yeah. It's just no, no. things. I, things were very different. One of the guys that I work with, I call him the kid that I work with, but he's got to become. He's got to be close to thirty now. Uh, he's like because he's been there since twenty thirteen, I think it is. Um, so he's got to be close to thirty. So he's no longer really a kid, but he's the, he's a kid to me because he's that much younger. And he literally got an IT degree without taking a single class on databases. Mm-hmm. And that just blew my mind. That seems very odd. Yeah. So even in you know a very specialized thing like IT, you can still take classes like, well, how did you not have a class on that? But, you know, so take that back, you know, 35 years to Bellarmine, and the classes we took are totally incomprehensible. Uh, right. To They're in, in, irrelevant in many ways. Right. But what they did teach us how to do those things, mm-hmm. you know, taught us skills that we can then apply to new things yeah. since then. Everything's but, either an input or an output. That's right. And everything is a database. Yep. Technically, even your Word document is a database. Yep. Well, right. technically, then it would have been a WordStar document, not a... Well, yeah. well that's... Hey, that's... Uh, you guys are the ones that taught me how to use WordStar. You know, I still have a great fondness for WordStar and its Control-K What was the other one? It was uh, AmiPro. AmiPro, yes. That was one of the first... Oh, uh, uh, no. Uh, what, what was a Multimate? It's the one that... Uh, that's the one Mark likes. Mar- so yeah, much. that's right. Mark AmiPro was the uh, uh, Lotus-owned word yeah. processor. Yeah. That was after college. SAM format documents. I still have some of those stuffed yeah, away in we, here we somewhere. Were, yeah. in, in business finance, we were talking about this in the show prep. We were doing Lotus one two three spreadsheets in 1986. Yep. You know, this was cutting edge, bleeding edge stuff at the time, and we were all just kind of like, "Whoa, you're teaching us this? Nobody knows this stuff." Yeah. Back in software, five hundred dollars a package. Yeah. yeah. Think about that. Five hundred dollars for Word or you know WordStar. Uh, or WordPerfect uh, was coming into vogue while we were in college. Yeah. Uh, the first versions of Microsoft Word, which was all text. You know, these are all text-based uh, programs at the time. Uh, one, two, three. All of these packages were five hundred dollars a piece, four ninety-five. Yeah, the only way you could use them is in computer labs at school because nobody, there's no such thing as a PC. Uh, very well, plenty of PCs. Well, plenty of PCs. You just couldn't afford any of the software. Well, yeah, exactly. And yeah. It just had to be what came with it. Right. Your, or you pirated it from work. Well, you know, basic you, compiler and my a first PC other that you built uh-huh. was had four megabytes of RAM, and when we upgraded it to eight, I was ecstatic. This was 1992, because my eldest daughter, we got pictures of her trying to play on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we couldn't do much, but it was it was a start, a beginning. So, fellas, let me take a turn here at the high school. Yes, yes. we. Uh, sorry, we really went into some rabbit holes. There. Yeah, that's okay though, because it's good discussion. It's good stuff. So, I have two high school teachers that I want to mention. I had several really good ones, but um, Brother William Diger. So, for a heathen, yes, I went to both a Catholic college and a Catholic high school. That's right. So, and can quote Aquinas and Chesterton. Chesterton, Flawlessly, actually. Um, Brother William Diger was sophomore English. And let me tell you, I thought I knew how to write as a 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. And Brother William Diger made me realize I did not. He taught me how to write, yeah. which I am very grateful for every day because I you wouldn't think I'd have much call to do writing, but I do. Sure. Um, I think we all do. Again, I'm the, I'm the explainer. Yeah. I'm the guy that introduces new concepts that I'm hoping help my staff, uh, the people that, that I work with, Hoping that it helps them do their jobs better. So I've 
constantly reflecting on how to make my points clearer. Mm -hmm. Well, in the email era that we all live in, you must be able to write well if you wish to be understood well. Yeah. So many times all the problems and heartburns that happens from bad emails comes from somebody who didn't know how to write. It amazes me in this day and age the number of people that cannot compose simple sentences in an email. It also amazes me the number of people that can't spell. Mm-hmm. And also amazes me the number of people that still tell me I didn't want to touch it. I was afraid I was going to blow it up, or some variation thereof. Oh, the pain! The pain! I'm like, how Dr. can you Smith be work? Say. How can you work for a technology company using a computer all day, every day, and still think that? It just blows my mind. Yeah, but brother, brother William. Sorry, that was. There you go, brother William. Uh, you know, taught me that when you write, you're not asking questions, you're answering them. So, if that's, I've always been grateful for that. And my writing, lots of people still do that when they write an essay, it's about questions. I've proofread Bjorn's essays, and he includes questions like, no, you're not asking questions, you're answering them when you write. So, oh, you can ask the question, but you must answer it. Yes. So, Yes, that's. Uh, I, I really credit him for teaching me how to write, and and write in such a way where I'm confident and I'm serving the purpose of answering the questions. So the other English teacher is Brother Charles Gregg. Um, I'm hoping a few of my classmates will will listen to these episodes because they'll know who I'm talking about. And when you talk about somebody you had a complicated relationship with as a teacher. I could have a complicated one with Brother Charles. Uh, sometimes, like, no, I didn't. You know, it's, you wanted to argue with him. You wanted to be, no, that's not right. I did what you told me to do. Um, but every every once in a while, there was that. But in the end, there was still a, that ton of respect and that ton of recognition that I'm really learning here. I'm really. I'm learning what this literature means. I'm learning what Orwell is about. I'm learning what Shakespeare is about. I'm learning how to read something and understand what it's really about. And that was junior and senior English with Brother Charles. Oh, wow, getting two years. Yeah, it was, it was terrific. I guess we'll say, when you get a good one, yeah. So, Mr. Lazier, I had him twice. Yeah, I had him uh, both junior and senior for different things. And uh, I'm grateful for that. Very grateful for that. Yeah. Of all the things that... I try not to regret much about my life. I mean, obviously, I regret the mistakes I've made. And, but I wouldn't be who I am without having made them. And if I regret them, I hope I've learned from them. Yeah. But one of the things... And you should know that both of us were likely there when you made them. And we were cheering you on. That's right. Yeah. That's right. If, so, if you guys weren't there, Mark was. Well, that's true. That's true. So, so uh, we didn't see it as a mistake then. Well, it's amazing the stuff you don't see as a mistake when we're you're like, doing go, it. We're like, go, man, go, go. But... Of the, all the things that I regret, I, I really do regret not having spent more time enjoying and appreciating my educational experiences with the teachers I had. Like, even just being more a part of life on campus, you know? I, I, I'm, I'm almost ashamed to admit this, but I never went to, I think, a single basketball game while I was a student at Bellarmine. I've been to many since then because yeah. I've gone with Samantha. 
Uh, yeah, I don't think I maybe one. No, just just one more thing. I didn't. I could yeah. care less. You know, and that's okay. You know, but um, we were in groups. I mean, I mean, it, I went to dances and concerts on the hill. Yeah, yeah, we went to a lot of the events in Fraser Hall. Yeah, the the dance event type things, true, the true. mixer type things. Yeah. I don't remember going to the concerts on the hill very much. Well, I lived in the dorms for a couple of years, so I did too. I don't remember going to. I went to a lot of the speakings. You know, we, we saw different folks there. Yeah. Enough. Edward Albee and John Ciardi. Uh-huh. And William L. Shirer was there, who wrote uh, yes, Rise and yes, Fall of the Third yes. Reich. Uh, George McGovern Shame came. he didn't talk I about it. didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you two, yeah, exactly. It was... Uh, uh, Grace Hopper was supposed to have come to campus, but I think she ended up not being able to because she... Didn't she, like, break her hip or something? I don't recall. Because, I mean, it was a big deal getting her to come. Yeah, I was going to say, they got a lot of really big Well, before dates. we were there, Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa came to That's campus, right. and before. after we left, Ken Burns came to campus. Because mm-hmm. yeah, so I remember so. going back to see Ken Burns. Yeah, because he, uh, that's an, I would have loved to see him. He's one of, yes. uh, he's definitely, well, maybe, maybe he's somebody that might be a hero for us, because we all admire him very much. But, yeah, you know, I wish I'd taken more time to appreciate it then. And that's partially the, you know, when you're young, you don't realize what's important as well, much. That's, that's kind of a good way to end this episode because in many respects, that's kind of what we're talking about here is we recognize now the good things that we did see and did do. And we also recognize the things that we didn't. Yep. And uh, carpe diem, uh, as Robin Williams would say. Uh, it's I was matters. seizing the wrong part of the day. That's, well, yeah, that's you know, right. You know, that's uh, it, it does matter. You know, it's not. It's not always. You know, not everything is equally important. Uh, there's the there's the trick. You know, to discern what is, and try not to miss the yeah. well, and and the things that you think are unimportant are more important than they are. That's it's not even so much equally important. It's just the wrong things you find yeah, important. That's, that's true. So, but yes. So that's a yeah. That's good stuff, guys. I that was. Not just a trip down memory lane, but no, no, uh, a tribute mm-hmm. to uh, formation and those that made life worth living. Well, also a reminder to enjoy those times because those formative experiences really, it, because they're formative, you don't probably realize it at the time how important they are. Sure. So. If you can, definitely try and enjoy them more than, than you're likely to. Because, you know, when you're young, everybody that's older than you doesn't know shit. Well, as Jean-Luc Picard would say, those moments will never come again. That's right. Yeah. You don't understand me. That's right. <laughs> you can't know what I'm going through. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Let's, let's wrap that up. So thanks a lot uh, to Brother Charles and Brother uh, William Digard and... Miss Rose, Mrs. Mrs. Rose, Mrs. Yes. Rose, Mr. Glazier, and Mr. Glazier, and and all uh, the others, and, and all, the, all others. the others. So, yes. Francis, buddy, next time, uh, that's Frankenstein. Actually, <laughs> oh, yes, we are going to do. This is one I've been wanting to do for a long time. It's going to be uh, uh, pop culture again, but it's going. It's not just the movies of Frankenstein. The concept of Frankenstein himself, yes, it is part of our culture. The movies uh, inform us. We're going to talk about those. We're going to go back to Mary Shelley's book and really go deep with the exact... Why was that Why was that book so foundational? Why is it so great? Basically, it is a morality play about man attempting to be God. And you know, that's kind of where we live. We love to discuss things like that. Frankenstein is very emblematic of that. Uh, it's not just good horror, it is, but it's also something much, much bigger. And we're going to discuss that in depth, just in time for Halloween. Thanks for being with us here every week at Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. 
Be sure to spread the word on your social media accounts. Follow us and retweet us. We are on Instagram and on Twitter at Snakes and Otters. Let your friends know that they can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. Just search Snakes and Otters Podcast to find us. And please, remember to leave us your comments and reviews. It helps people find us. And you can always send us an email at snakesandotterspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Martin. I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Catch us next week. Same snake time, same otter channel.